everybody. Hello, Philadelphia. Welcome back once again to another edition of the Wolves of Broad Street podcast. Uh, as always, my name is Ryan Conway, and joining me is my esteemed colleague, Sam Glavin. And you know we got Seamus G behind the glass producing the show. We've got an absolutely stacked program for you guys today. Very excited to dive into it, see what we can talk about. There are a lot of goings on in the world of Philadelphia sports right now. And even though it's summer, and summer can be slow, I still think that's true. Sam, we got a little hope on the horizon coming in. Yeah, I, get, it's, I got one thing to say to you, Conway. What's that, Sam? It's football season. It's football it is season. the season for the one and only Philadelphia Eagles. And I could not be more excited because this summer has been absolutely dreadful with the absolutely atrocious playing from the Phillies and their front office and just the whole organization in general. So we're just going to go right into it and we're going to talk Eagles football. Absolutely. I mean, I... I was held hostage by the Phillies for much of the summer as they were the only game in town. But now, with preseason starting, training camp is well underway. We got football going on right now. So the Eagles are looking to be a pretty solid squad coming up to this year. I think we've been over that, right? Yeah, I mean, I would I would say that they're more than a solid squad. <laughs> but they there's a lot of hype going on around them. Which is fine. I love Philly hype. Love nothing more. But let's break it down a little bit, Conway. Absolutely. Let's, let's, let's break it down. So who's exciting you the most out of the roster? Could be newcomers. Could be veterans. Who's exciting you the most? Your number one guy. So I'm going to go a guy on the offense and a guy on the defense. On the offense, I'm not the only guy that thinks this. Miles Sanders looks absolutely incredible. Like, we got to go down to the open practice a few days ago and see, you know, what the, what the Eagles had to offer us on that night. And Miles Sanders was clearly one of the top players on the field that night, just from what we were able to see in both short yardage and long yardage runs. And in the red zone, he was able to really make defenders miss in a way that we've missed a lot since uh, Shady McCoy left town. Oh, man, you brought up Shady McCoy. <laughs> that jump cut that he made that we oh. saw, woo! Man. Reminded me of cut on dime twenty five. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Ooh, man, do you really think he could be a shady McCoy kind of guy? I think that he, with the right coaching and development, could elevate himself to a shady McCoy type of player. It may not end up being with the Eagles in the future because you never know how things work out in the NFL. It is a business, but I mean, if he's able to really stay and work with Deuce Staley, who's been great at developing running backs, as we've seen over the years. He's really going to be able to improve and probably come in as a RB1 on this team when Jordan Howard's uh, deal uh, runs out. Man, you know we got the coaching. Come on, man. <laughs> of course Dougie we got the coaching. Dougie P. Deuce. Not, not Jim Schwartz, though. No, no. That's, <laughs> that is on the defensive side of the ball. Who Now who I want to talk about is Avante Maddox. That guy is an absolute stud. I want to see more of him. I really think that he's going to end up being an important contributor in that defensive backfield. And based on what I saw a little bit tonight in the preseason and also in the training camp practice that we went to and just what I've been seeing online and hearing in interviews, he is really making an impression on this Eagles coaching staff as well as the fans. Yeah, talk about a guy who had his one shot and one opportunity last season and absolutely made everything out of it. Like he's going to be in the conversation to be one of the role players – on the defensive back team, and he's he's showing out mm -hmm. in in training camp and stuff. There's no question about that, man. I mean, but how about you? What has stuck out for you when it comes to this Philly squad? Well, I'm going to start out with the defense, and I'm going to go with uh, Sidney Jones. Ooh, another cornerback. Yeah, I'm going to go with Sidney Jones. He's the, my biggest thing with Sidney Jones is that his confidence is back. I'm seeing him on like the clips that we see on Twitter and Instagram and what have you. He's got his legs back, and he knows it. And he's jumping in front of passes. He's picking. He's picking passes off. He looks. He looks like the guy that was supposed to be taken in the top five of the first round, and we got him in the second round. Absolute steal. Mm, do you think he could be the steal of the decade, possibly in the draft, based Absolutely. on where he was rated versus where we got him? Absolutely. The where he's on a very cheap deal. 
Yes. Relative for the talent that we're talking about. Granted, he's been injured for a couple seasons, but, you know, he's still that talented a guy, and he's now got the confidence and the ability to really showcase that. Absolutely. And I'm very excited about that. How about on your offensive side of the ball? On offense, I'm really excited as well with Miles Sanders, but I'm going to go with hmm, – who am I going to go with? I'm going to go with Andre Dillard. Really? I'm going to go with Andre Dillard, left tackle, emeritus – not emeritus, he's understudying – Jason Peters. What a what a fan. Those are some big shoes to fill. Jason Peters, shoe and Hall of Famer, obviously. Uh, that's not even a discussion. The man is a god. I mean, his nickname's the Bodyguard. Possibly one of the coolest nicknames in all of sports history. Absolutely. And to go along with his nickname, I remember we were at the open practice. We saw him trot, waddle, whatever you <laughs> want to call it. On out to the field and oh the gosh. stadium erupted for a left tackle. For a left dude, he is—he's a big boy. Like I always have known that Jason Peters is a big guy, but being able to, you know, because it was only the lower bowl, we were able to get seats pretty close to the field, mm-hmm. and just seeing the absolute size of that lad—he's an absolute unit. He's a brick house. <laughs> he is built like a you know what. Like he is unreal, and. I, I think Andre Dillard is probably going to play a little bit this season, too. Absolutely. I mean, Jason Peters, he started, I want to say, I think he started every game last year, but he came out of most of them at the end because mm-hmm. he got sore or what have you. He's he's an old guy with, mm-hmm. with a big body. So I think that Andre Dillard, this preseason is going to be huge for him. I want him to take every single snap in the preseason. Really? I every want him snap? to get reps after reps after reps. Because when Jason Peters goes down, which he probably will, we need someone to be covering Carson Wentz's back. Definitely. And that's why we took him in the very first round. And going off of that, his draft pick should be a question. Jordan Mailata should be questioning his spot on the team. Really? Because he hasn't really shown the Eagles anything at all. And he was supposed to be this big project, and he's done nothing. Well, he, that's exactly what he is. I mean, if you want to talk about my lot at right tackle, like backing up Lane Johnson, I feel like we have a better option still. But I feel like when you say there's a big project, that's exactly what he is. This is only the start of year two with him in, in, in the league. And they took him with this in, in the seventh round, I believe. They took him in order to develop him over time. Because Lane has still got a lot of time left as our starter, at least two, three more years. And at that point, if if my lot is really able to put in the work with the coaches, I feel like he'll be able to assume that role if he develops properly. Yeah, well, that's kind of where I'm going with. Um, I think that this draft pick was kind of supposed to be a kick in the ass. Really? For him. Because they, they drafted another lineman. They drafted him in the very first round. And that should be an indicator to my lot of, oh, man, like I – I got to kick it into gear. Mm-hmm. And then I think that we'll see that project take off. Because you know what they say about the NFL? Not for long. It's tough to keep your job in this league, especially, especially. on a roster as talented as the Eagles. It, that, that's just a fact. Yeah, especially on the line. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on uh, undrafted guy, uh, Greg Ward? Greg Ward Jr. Greg Ward. Speedster out of Houston. I was absolutely impressed with him. And I talked to you, I talked to Seamus G and I talked to you about it after the practice. And I said that he is my sleeper to make the roster. I really hope he makes the roster. Realistically, it's unlikely. Mm-hmm. But I was also listening to the radio this morning, Conway. And Merrill Reese came on the show. Oh, did he now? Merrill Reese came on the show after a couple days after that I had talked to you about Greg Ward Jr., and he said that his sleeper is, guess who? Greg Ward Jr. And That's, I just was, I, I was so happy to hear that from Merrill Reese. I mean, I, I, Merrill Reese, like Merrill Reese yeah. had the same take as me. Like, it's, it's great to get, awesome. it's great to get the validation from the big man himself. I mean, Merrill Reese is a Philly sports legend. Like, the dude is a, he's an all timer. Yeah. And I he, mean, it's, you think he knows a thing or two about a thing or two when it comes to football, Absolutely. right? After all these years, I figure you know he's got to know something. And for all of you out there, after he said that he did, uh, he did rip Chip Kelly a little bit. I forget for what, but I remember that he did rip Chip Kelly. So I love the sense of disgust that follows any mention of Chip Kelly in a room of Philadelphians. 
the way that like someone said like oh well that happened to chip kelly i was in this room and the air was like sucked out of the room the vibe immediately went dead because someone brought up chip kelly and everyone's like why why would you bring up like that monster like <laughs> he that's all he is is a monster he absolutely ripped apart this franchise he but i don't want to talk about it anymore i don't We're want done. to either i don't want to either so how about some people you know we We've got preseason coming up. You know, people always talk about the importance of the preseason on varying sides of the coin. Some think it's important for players to play, especially first stringers. Some think that it's important to, you know, kind of manage the load and keep them bubble wrapped until the start of the season. There's a, a large, or not a large, but a very vocal contingent of Philadelphia fans that want Carson Wentz to play at least a little bit of every game in the preseason. I think that's absolutely nuts. I mean, I'm I'm on your side on this one, Conway. I think that he shouldn't take hardly any snaps, if any. I, I just you can't risk it with him coming back and then just getting hurt right away. It would absolutely kill this whole offense. Like it would just be it would just be terrible. Um, Nate Sudfeld, he's just not ready. He's not no. Nick Foles. Oh. He's just not Nick Foles. He's not the backup quarterback that I need. So we need Carson Wentz just to take it easy. Not take it easy. Go hard in practice mm-hmm. and you know just sit out the snaps until the first one against the Redskins. Yeah, because he's not a guy where you're going to be questioning his work ethic or his commitment. So it's not like him being out there in preseason is like, oh, he doesn't care. Because clearly, right. I mean, it's Carson Wentz. The guy's going to work his ass off for this football team and also for this city because he loves being in Philly. And we saw... At the practice on Sunday, when he walked out on the field just for a warm-up, it wasn't even his introduction, the stadium absolutely erupted. And he couldn't help but, you know, crack a big smile and, you know, give a little love back to the fans. And I'm like, that's the kind of relationship I want with a quarterback. Like, that we as Philadelphians right now are so blessed to have Carson Wentz. Injury concerns and all, because Carson Wentz is ours. Like, he, he, we went up and we got him. He was anointed the savior of the city of Philadelphia. And in his second year, he took us a long way towards that Super Bowl. He didn't come in and close it out. That was, as we all know, Nick Foles. BDN. BDN, absolute legend. But Carson is still that dude. And last season, you know, he wasn't 100% with his knee. His back was all messed up because he kept getting hit. Yeah. And But I think now, with all this time to rest and recuperate and this great chemistry that he seems to be building with his receivers in practice i think that carson's going to come in and he's going to have an absolute breakout year again rivaling his second year in the league yeah i mean when he walked on that field for the open practice he just got chills man he just got chills goosebumps it was insane it was it was a beautiful moment everyone stood up everyone was just absolutely electric oh yes of course but going back to his health i think I think that this year is going to be a little different. I think that his offensive line is absolutely going to step up this year. I think we have the best offensive line in the league. We certainly do. And it's they just have to do their job, and they got to, they have to stay healthy more than anything. Very true. Because once we get into those backups, we have some depth, a little bit of depth there, but you know, not nearly as good as the starters. I mean, mm-hmm. but that's the number one thing. Number one thing on the field is protect Carson Wentz at all costs. That's, I mean, it's absolutely going to be vital for this team's success to keep Wentz on the field. I don't think anybody's going to sit there and dispute that, saying like, oh, Nate Sudfeld is going to come in, he's going to carry us to the Super Bowl. Like, that's not, like, Nick Foles isn't coming back. Nick Foles is gone. So I don't think we'll ever see anything like Nick Foles ever again. I think that that was a one-time anomaly in sports. I don't think anything will rival the accomplishment that he's made, at least from the role that he had at the beginning of the season to, like, the literal legend of an entire city. Yeah, and he's going to get an absolutely booming welcome from the link when he comes for the preseason game. I mean, if he takes a couple snaps in the beginning, he'll get announced at quarterback, As Nick Foles. Should. As and then should. Everybody, everybody will be absolutely electric. No question, man. I mean, I'm excited to see, uh, you know, I mean, while we're on Foles, we can talk about him for a little bit. Like, I'm excited to see what he does for the Jags. Like I'm not going to be sitting here rooting for him to win anything. I, I I hope if like you know the Eagles met with the Jaguars in the Super Bowl, we blow them out 44 nothing. Well, yeah, Nick Foles has the worst game in Super Bowl history. Like I'm not going to go that far with my love for Nick Foles, but I do appreciate what he did for this city, and I feel like 
without Nick Foles, we wouldn't be in this position right now where like Doug can say, this is the new norm. Like, this is what we want to be. We want to be a winning football team. Like Nick Foles made that happen. Yeah, that, that's been his quote for ever since they won the Super Bowl. You know, he said that almost every interview that he's had. Mm-hmm. said that this is the new norm. This is going to be regular thing, making the playoffs, going far, make it a run. And if they do meet the Jaguars, I'll, I, I want them to beat their face in. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I, just, I want them to absolutely crush <laughs> Nick Foles. Like, whatever. But I am eternally grateful for Nick Foles the Super Bowl MVP, Super Bowl 52 Absolutely. MVP. He is forever enshrined in Philadelphia Eagles history. Absolutely, man. Um, who do you think is going to uh, emerge in the re- within this receiving court? There's a lot of weapons. Who do you think is going to be the leader in receptions for this team? Who's going to get the most? I think Zach Ertz is the obvious one, but who's number two in that? Oh, it's so hard to say just because they have so many weapons, but I'm going to have to go with... Alshon Jeffrey. I would think so too. I'm gonna have I to go. I'm gonna play. have to go with Alshon Jeffrey. I would have liked to say Djack. Oh, you know I would love to say that. But I think Alshon Jeffrey is the safer bet. I think that Alshon Jeffrey is not just a deep route guy. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think Deshaun Jackson is not purely a deep route guy, but mostly going to be a deep route guy. And I think Alshon Jeffrey has just a little bit more versatility. And I think that he'll be his second favorite target, other than Zach Ertz. Absolutely. I mean, I would love to say Deshaun Jackson because I mean. This is going to be a high-flying offense, high-octane. Like, Zach Ertz is definitely going to be there over the middle pretty much every single time for Wentz. But with this kind of defense that we have set up, there are going to be times he's going to be covered. And D-Jack is going to be taking the top of the defense completely free. And he's got the most 60-plus yard touchdowns in NFL history. So this guy, I mean, even now in his advanced age, he's still a deep threat like that. I would love to see Carson just bombing D-Jacks all season. And I know that that's not always going to be a part of the game plan. Because, you know, each defense is something you have to attack and dissect in a different way. But just giving them a healthy dose of Deshaun Jackson is going to be vital to really opening up the field and spreading out the defense for the rest of the offense to operate. Yeah, I got two, I got two points here. One is a question for you. When they open up against the Redskins, does Dougie P chuck one downfield to Deshaun Jackson? On the first play? On the first play. I mean, like, yeah, I feel like he has to. I yeah, mean, he absolutely has to. Has to. Are think, you kidding me? I think he has to go. I think I, I honestly think he goes max protect, get our best blocking back in there, and just just absolutely just send, send it. Somehow work it so Djax is on an island, and then just just absolutely send it. Yeah, just send him deep. Just sling it downfield. Let him cook a couple fools on his way to his first absolutely. touchdown as an eagle, and God knows how long. Absolutely. And my second point is. The fact that we're so deep in the wide receiver position, it's going to be hard for teams to to double cover somebody. Absolutely. It's going to be absolutely difficult for someone to double cover a receiver on the Eagles team. Because when you double cover somebody else, there's a guy just as good over there It's going to be wide open after you just burn some cra- scrappy defensive back. Mm-hmm. So I think that having depth is what wins Super Bowls. Certainly. There's no question about that. And another thing that wins Super Bowls is defense. Defense. Does. This this defense, yes. while it does have some question marks to the linebacker position, it's you know, with more with Nora or with more nickel coverages mm-hmm. in this more modern pass based NFL, there's more defensive backs on the field. So this glaring hole at linebacker won't be as big of a problem as it would have been in a more run heavy league because we don't we won't have to stack the box as much. But I don't know who's gonna like who the linebacker is even gonna be right now with all these injuries. Like yeah, Camus I mean, got hurt. Zach Brown has remained on the third string of the of the defense as a veteran. I mean, I think Zach Brown's gonna be seeing some serious time this year. He, he better be. He's like, gonna be. He's gonna have to. I mean, from the Reds coming from the Redskins, he's gonna be like a serious role player for the linebackers. Like they're. We're not deep at linebackers, which no. is the only position that we're not deep at, which is phenomenal. That's love, yeah. But I mean, at like, the same time, if I were going to choose a position to not be deep at, I think it would be linebackers, just because this is a passing league, and you don't have, like you said, you don't have to pack the box mm-hmm. in as much as you did when it was a running league. I think that I really think the Eagles are in a great spot right now. Obviously, we're going to have Bradham and Zach Brown. 
Camus when he comes back, which I think is relatively soon. I think he's probably just going to miss a couple weeks. And I like Bradham, too. I love Bradham. His Super Bowl year, that was the same summer that he got, like, arrested for fighting a cabana boy. But he came back and just played the... Played lights out for the whole season after Jordan X went down. Yeah, but other than those three guys, I have no idea who's there. I think we talked about TJ TJ Ford. I think his name is TJ. Oh yeah, his last name's Ford. LJ Ford. LJ Ford. LJ Fort. LJ Fort with a T. Yeah, like who is that guy? Who the hell is that guy? I have no clue. I hadn't heard of him until today, and I'm I've been hearing some good things about him from training camp, but. That makes one of us. The only thing that I've heard is that he's doing good things. I haven't heard any details. Like what those good things are? Yeah, I have have no idea what those good things are. Well, I mean, what the hell is that about? I mean, I I guess I trust whoever's saying that Mm -hmm. because why would they say that about somebody we have no idea who he is? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, hopefully he works out. Mm -hmm. I mean, we need need linebackers, man. (laughs) We need linebackers. Uh, a lot of questions coming at that linebacker position. Um, even more questions coming when it comes to the Philadelphia Phillies. We talked about it a little bit earlier in the show, how this has just been an absolute like waking nightmare of a season of just like the same and same things happening on repeat. And it's, it's, a little, it's getting a little ridiculous, wouldn't you say, Sam? Yeah, I mean, I said earlier that it's depressing, but... I don't want to get depressed while we're talking about the Phillies mm-hmm. right now. So I'm going to try and keep it as upbeat as possible. Absolutely. Let's power I, through it. I think know? that Gabe Kapler is absolutely delusional right now. He's insane. Uh, he was quoted saying in a press conference after, after a game, saying that when this team is at their best, they are unbeatable. That is one of the most ludicrous statements. And I'll tell you why. It's not true in any way. And everybody knows that. It's either he doesn't know that everyone knows that, and he's trying to like cover it up, like, oh, like these people don't know anything. I'm just gonna lie to them. Yeah. Or he just willingly is just it's just spewing BS to the fans because the team is terrible. Yeah, I'm gonna give you a comparison. I'm gonna I'm gonna compare Gabe Kapler and Dougie P right now oh don't do that so the difference between a good coach and a bad coach is that dougie p is short and to the point and he is comfortable with what people think about him when he was asked if carson wentz was going to play in a preseason game he said or he said that he had made up he had made a decision when the radio host asked him have you made a decision on Carson Wentz's playing time in preseason? He said, yes. And then the radio show host then said, well, what is it? He said, I can't tell you. Yeah. Well, that's all. Who, what are you going to do? Question Doug Peterson that's further? It. That's no. all you have to do as a coach. You don't have to explain yourself. You don't have to be overly positive. Like, Gabe is way too much. He's so weird, it's dude. It's so weird. Like, it's... He, I get that he's trying to defend the guys in the locker room. Mm-hmm. That's all well and good. You don't think Dougie P is going to defend his guys in the locker no. room? But like, it's it's just about being short and to the point, confident in that you know what you're doing, and not trying to make everybody like you. Mm-hmm. Dougie P is okay with people not liking him, even though everybody loves him. Oh yeah. But Gabe Kapler is still trying to make people like him, and that's just not what you need to do as a manager. You need to just focus on everything that's going on. In your locker room and on the field, and that's it. You don't have to worry about anything else. It's it's making me not like him, though. He just spews like BS terms, at, like the barrel accuracy. Oh, I just that's like, not what? even a stat. It's not even a real thing. It's like we, we got you know our B swing. I'm like, what do you mean a B swing? Like like he's talking about Xbox. Dude, just like, take what the pitcher gives you. <laughs> What is this, the 2K of the show? Oh my gosh, I wish they'd bring that game back, <laughs> Dude, to be honest. That was a pretty solid game. I used to play um, for like a classic team, and uh, I would, whenever I was, uh, uh, Ty Cobb, Ty Cobb was oh, on the team, and wow. someone would bean me, and then I would immediately go and fight them with Ty Cobb. Man, I wish I could have saw him play, man. That, that dude ran the bases like the devil himself. He's an animal! He's just absurd, but yeah, I mean, when... 
the show came out for PS4. I'm an Xbox guy, and I, now I can't play MLB. I, I can't play like my sport. That's a shame, on a dude. video game, and I, I'm not going to switch over to PS4 just for the MLB The Show game, even though I have thought about it. But <laughs> it's just, we're, we are getting a little bit off track, but I think it's all well and good. No, it's all, yeah, it's yeah, all yeah. relevant. This is, it's all sports-related, yeah. you know? You know, this is, this is what the show is, man. It's sports. All kinds of them. All kinds of sports. So, <laughs> with the Phillies, with the Phillies, you're, the talking, Phillies. you're talking about how Matt Klintak and McPhail and Kapler... Bunch of bums. Are a bunch of bums. After this season, are their jobs or just one particular guy's job on the line? No, definitely not. When it comes to Clentac, well, Clentac and McPhail already got three year extensions and they love Gabe because Gabe is their pawn. Gabe is, is just like, you know, a little puppet in this whole. Andy McPhail, Matt Klintak charade of a baseball organization. Like, they're not going to do anything about Gabe because they want to keep Gabe. And John Middleton already had them sign these contracts, so he's not going to fire them now. Yeah, so I guess bringing up John Middleton, do you think John Middleton's a little bit at fault here? I, like, yeah. He has to be, right? Like, there's a point, there's not, like, in some sports situations, there are not a lot of times you can really blame the owner for what's going on. But this is the guy that's like, oh, I'm extending these people after two wildly disappointing seasons that have like fell apart at the seams at the first sign of trouble. Yeah. With a coach that doesn't know baseball. Yeah. I mean, it's just... Oh, I just... I cannot... I can't even fathom how terrible this season has been. The only reason that they got extensions is because they signed Bryce Harper. Yeah. That's the only reason. Which they just did by throwing money at him. Yeah. They didn't, like, schmooze him. Obviously, I mean, they yeah, I mean, they didn't they, schmooze him or anything. They just they threw almost, like, $400 million at him. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was $330 million. Um, but, and they brought in three other All-Stars. But it's just, it has not worked out. And <laughs> as soon as they signed those guys... Contract extension, like not even a second thought, and that's that's kind of an issue because he didn't even wait to see how the season was going to play out. Mm-hmm. And obviously, looking back on it, we can say whatever we want. I mean, Monday morning quarterback, but it's just it's it's just it's tough to watch. It's really really tough to watch a, such a beloved organization in the in in Philly just absolutely tank right now. Mm-hmm. The Mets are within a half a game. That's that's so disappointing because they have pitching. How do they get pitchers? I Where do they get all these pitchers from? They just signed Marcus Stroman. Why can't we get a pitcher? It's unbelievable. Yeah, we can get we can get a Vargas. We got Vargas. We got Vargas from the Mets. Who the hell and, is that? And the Mets gave him up so that they could sign another great pitcher. The Mets. So the Mets have DeGrom, Syndergaard, Stroman. Oh my goodness. And we have Nola, Arietta, Arietta, Eflin, Eflin, and Velasquez. Velasquez, Cole Irvin. Stop. No. We we have him. I I don't want to talk about Cole Irvin. All right, we've talked enough about Cole Irvin. Yeah. But Love the you, fact Cole, the fact that keep on keeping on, brother. The fact that our two through four starters would be four and five starters. <laughs> on any other team. They're terrible, dude. Is absurd. And I know we're just beating a dead horse right now. We really are. (laughs) I just, I I can't even deal with it anymore. Mm -hmm. These Phillies, man, they've been giving me nightmares recently. Like, I'll go to bed after a heart-wrenching Phillies loss where we left 15 men on base and somehow only got, like, Two runs the entire game. And went 15 innings and then threw a position player and a pitcher and then a pitcher in the left field. That's an incredibly specific example. Yeah. And he's 100% correct. Um, <laughs> it's so but sad. Then, so right out, I, I close my eyes and for, only for what feels like a second, all of a sudden appears before me this, this, this dragon-like creature. And it's a three-headed hydra from Greek mythology. It's a, three, it's a dragon with three heads. And each head has the face of Klintak, McPhail, and Kapler. And they're, it's laughing at me. It's laughing at what I'm going through. 
And I just wake up screaming and sweating. I'm like, why? Why? Why are the Phillies doing this to me? Why must I go through this? What have I done wrong? What have I done to deserve this? It, well, first of all, thanks. I, I didn't really want to sleep tonight. Well, now um. it's you and me, pal. It's you and me. Give me a FaceTime call if you get scared. I, I, I can tell you where I got the nightlight from. I got it on Prime Day. It was a sweet deal. <laughs> It was a sweet deal. I think we're all, as Phillies fans, having the same nightmares as you are. I mean, it's I just... Know. I'm going to say it again. <laughs> it's just absolutely abysmal. It's just... It is abysmal to it's, watch. It's, it really is. It's honestly become hilarious at this point. Yeah. Because I'm just like, oh, wow. I think the point where it got hilarious is just a couple days ago when the Mets like got within half a game of the Phillies. The Phillies by the end of the weekend are going to drop down to fourth place. No. Think about that. <laughs> no. Think how laughable is that? That's so sad. Don't tell me that. <laughs> no, 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 no. Dude, you can't do this to me right now. <laughs> the Phillies suck, man. They blow. Like why can't they be any good? Uh, it's we, just... we ask this question every week and yet still no answers. We won't get yeah. an answer. So if the Mets can win 13 of 14 games, why can't the Phillies just go on a three-game win streak? They can't go three games without losing the game. Mm-hmm. And the Mets went 13 of 14. <laughs> In what world? I don't know. In what world? It just, it just doesn't make sense. I'll tell you what world, actually. In the pitching world. Oh, God. <laughs> the pitching world. The world of the bullpen. The, the pitchers. <laughs> pitching is just absolutely... It's just... It's critical. It is critical. Why are some teams' bullpens better than our starters? That's a great question. <laughs> I mean... Why Like, why is it outside of NOLA some teams' relievers are just as good as... Like, Vargas went, like, four innings. Five-inning Vinny. <laughs> went, went five... He went seven or something. He or, did, and he, he was went so seven. happy. He was so he sick. Was he so had so. He's the only Phillies player that's had swag since McCutcheon. I saw, oh my god! <laughs> I, saw, I saw after every inning, JT Realmuto came up to him and was like, like coaching him. He was like, "All right, good job, man. Like this is this is good stuff." And he was like patting him on the shoulder. He was he was being like a like a psychological therapist for Vinny. Like mm-hmm. it was just it was. It was great to see from GAT, but the fact that our pitcher needs that is yeah. like it's 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 gut wrenching. It's it's a testament to it's how like the position that we're in currently. It's just simply not uh, a tenable one with his pitching situation, and we need to really um the fact that we're still in the playoff race makes no sense to me. The fact that if the playoffs ended today, we'd still be in the wild card, right? Yeah, we'd have the second spot in the wild card. Yeah, like that's ridiculous. Like, why is that allowed? I don't know. Like the- <laughs> this season, to me, even though we have a better record, feels worse than last season. Because we had the ex- we had the expectations. Absolutely, and that's, we had those first like thirty odd games, and we were number one in in baseball. In baseball. In National in League. April. In April, in we April. were number one in baseball. We were incredible. We opened up like five straight wins. I was seeing handshakes. I was seeing excitement. I was seeing a full stadium, and now it's. And it's gone. The Phillies go up now, and they just look like they're like they're just there. They don't look like they're going out there ready to win a baseball game. They just go up, and they just stand there looking around like, oh, here we go, ready to go through this BS again. Yeah, they look like it. They look like they that it's their job instead of having fun with it. At the beginning of the year, they were having fun, mm-hmm. and the fans were having fun with them. And it's just it hasn't it just hasn't been the same. Ever since, really, ever since Andrew McCutcheon went down, mm-hmm. I think that's I think that was the turning point for the worse absolutely. for the Phillies. And who would have thought Andrew McCutcheon was going to be the keystone for the Phillies? Not keystone. I. Did you see what I did there with yeah. key, Keystone? Yeah. yeah, Keystone State. Yeah, go Birds. Go Birds. Go Birds. <laughs> Anyways, go Birds. <laughs> Anyways, we um, the Phillies. They, yeah, they just really don't look like they're having any fun and. It's because Andrew McCutcheon went down. I just I I would never have thought in a million years that Andrew McCutcheon would be the guy that the Phillies team were leaning on. No. The whole year. It's 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 absurd. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, the Phillies are not having fun. No. But do you want to know who is having fun? Who's having fun? Philadelphia 76ers are having an absolute ball of a summer. 
Clap your hands. Everybody. From Philadelphia. 76ers. All right. Play the song. That's right, the Philadelphia 76ers season coming up. We got a lot to talk about. I know it's months and months away, but I am champing at the bit for a little bit of basketball. I'm very excited for football, don't get me wrong, and I'm even more excited for baseball to be over, or at least to get to the point where I don't have to pay attention to it anymore. But there is something about the NBA, and specifically the Sixers team, that even this deep in the offseason has got me absolutely engaged at all times. Anything about the Sixers, I'm immediately attracted to. It's really ever since, really ever since they got good. I mean, it's just ever since Joel Embiid came back, Ben Simmons was drafted, and the team just came to life. Mm -hmm. I didn't even follow the Sixers until they got good. Because I, I just I couldn't be bothered to watch the worst team in the NBA. There's no reason to. Just like we don't watch the Flyers. And we don't talk about the Flyers. <laughs> Same reason I don't watch the Phillies anymore. Oh, yeah, it's just, it, it's a cycle. <laughs> so the Sixers are good now. And there's a lot of buzz going mm-hmm. on. They just got the Christmas Day game against the Bucks. What are your thoughts? I think that the Christmas Day game against the Bucks is, it's A, going to be a fantastic game. Like, there's no question about that. It's going to be a marquee matchup between two of the best teams in the East and two really the best teams in the league. Possibly, I guess, voted on by writers last year as the best player in the league, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yes. But I also think that this Christmas Day game, like being awarded this game, is a sign of, of, of a change in Philadelphia yeah. 76ers basketball. Yeah, because it's... they're being recognized as a legitimate piece of the league now. They're being given credit for the progress that we've made. And now that we're in a contender position, we're getting more respect and we're getting more exposure nationally. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's validation. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it it's will sweet, give, isn't it? Oh, man, it's great. It's tasty. It's so great. Oh, my man, I mean, the Eagles are getting it. The Sixers are getting it. The Phillies had it. They lost it. Deserving <laughs> so. <laughs> and uh, we, we don't talk about the Flyers on here, but no, it's no. – it's it's so exciting to see that Philly sports are on the come up, and I think the I mean not to keep talking about the Phillies, but the Phillies can get there. The Sixers are there, and then the Eagles are just man, they they're just awesome. The but back to the Sixers and the Bucks, um, I think that it will really it is it's the these are the two teams in the East, and they're gonna be rivals the whole season because they're gonna be competing for the number one seed in the East, mm-hmm. and it's gonna be just an absolute dogfight. I cannot wait. Until they get to play. What are your thoughts on how the Sixers are going to stop the former MVP, Giannis? Well, the, I, you can't really stop Giannis. I mean, many better men have tried and failed. Like, <laughs> he's just an unstoppable force. But I think that the length and the strength that we have... 1 through 5 on the lineup, really even like 1 through 12 on the bench, like because we've got a deep team with a lot of strong defensive players, but especially our big men looking at, I guess, well, really everyone on our starting five is a big man. But <laughs> Yeah, that's we, fair. We, But you look at really pro- predominantly Embiid and Horford probably they are going to be playing Giannis and also Ben when he takes the ball to the court. But those guys are two of the most solid defenders in the whole league. And they are long. They've got wingspan. They've got height. And they'll be able to at least get in his way. They're not going to be able to shut him down completely. Giannis is not a player that you can do that to just because of the physical gifts that he has. But with the kind of defensive scheme that Brett Brown runs, which is stingy already in its own right, with this combination of length and talent, it's going to make for an interesting uh, spectacle for sure. Yeah, I couldn't have said it any better. Uh, Let's take it to Vegas, Conway. Let's take it to Vegas. Over under averaging 100 points a game for the Sixers defense. How many how many points are they going to let up a game? Over or under 100 points. Under. I agree. Definitely under. 
I mean, because they, you look at half the teams in the league, they're not even that good. No, I mean, so. and defense, and like we said before, defense wins championships. Mm-hmm. Defense wins championships. And we have the biggest lineup in the league. We have defensive, or in the conversation for defensive MVP, every year he's been in the league, Joel Embiid, Al Horford, great on defense. Ben Simmons, I'd say above average defender. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to see what Josh Richardson is going to do. I've heard that he's a 3 and D kind of guy. Kind of like a, like a glorified Robert Covington. <laughs> And, uh, well, I mean, hey, I love Robert Covington. Oh, yeah, dude, Roko's a legend. Yeah, so I would love to have a person like him back. Mm -hmm. Um, So Josh Richardson's going to fill that role. And then who's the other guy? I forget. Oh, Tobias. Tobias Harris. Tobias Harris. Super max contract, Tobias Harris. Yeah, I can't believe believe I forgot about him. You're a bum, bud. (laughs) Come on, bro. I'm so sorry. It's the Toby show from now on, bro. The the news that came out about He probably can't even hear you over his stacks of money that he's got in his house. What, you you don't think Toby's listening to us right now? If you are, Toby, what a do, baby. If not, that's cool, too. (laughs) I don't know why you would be. Did you just quote Kawhi Leonard? Go Birds. Go finish that question. Go birds. Next. Next. <laughs> <laughs> so with with this defense comes the question, the offense. We have no idea who's going to be taking the shot at the end of the game now that Jimmy Butler's gone. I say that, and this is my hot take of the day, Ben Simmons comes in with a jumper. And is able to give the Sixers a shot at the end of the game. What do you think about that? I think that is one of the most ludicrous statements that's ever been made in my presence. But damn, do I want that to be true. That would be incredible. That would be life-changing. If Ben Simmons hits that... If Ben Simmons hit that shot, a shot similar to the one that Kawhi hit, the quadruple doink, Ben fading away, getting a bucket like that in the playoffs... Oh my goodness, then we would we would be unstoppable. So the reason I say that is if it doesn't happen, then I'm an idiot. Whatever, I can live with that. But if it does happen, I'm a freaking genius. And it, yeah, no one's gonna blame you if it doesn't happen. Exactly. Yeah, man. So that's my hot take of the day. That's but Conway We forgot to do something. I don't think we forgot to do anything. We forgot. To bring up the Philly Five. Well, we didn't forget to do that. We were just getting to it. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Conway, give us your Philly Five. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the segment, the Philly Five, uh, this week is our all-time Sixers starting fives. I mean, of course, along with the six-man. So, really, right now, it's a Philly Six. Uh, don't worry about it. You know, numbers aren't our strong suit, and uh, I don't think they should be. So... I've got a pretty solid team put together. Just trying to find it in my notes. Here we go. So at the one, of course, we've got the one, the only, number three, the answer. Allen Iverson. Shocker. I know. I know. I might be going a little bit out on a limb here, <laughs> putting Allen Iverson on my all-time Sixers team. I know that might be a little crazy to put a Hall of Famer on there. But uh, hear me out, all right? Uh, following up, we've got Dr. J. Who's currently the only Sixer I own a jersey for? So, uh, yeah, I'm waiting. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for these young guys to prove themselves to me. I'm waiting because I I outgrew my youth AI jersey. I, I'm not gonna fit me anymore. Yeah, I it's have gonna a, fit me like a yeah. like a like a tube top. It's not nice. cute. Not nice. a cute look. Ladies yeah. aren't into that. Yeah, I have an MB jersey and I have an AI jersey, so mm-hmm. I'm pretty set with jerseys for now. Continue, Conway. And we've got uh, we've got. The quintessential freakish big man, Will Chamberlain, an absolute beast on and off the court. Uh, then, of course, we've got Moses Malone, who helped deliver that chip to Philly. And, of course, Mo Cheeks for that lockdown defense. Fun story about Mo Cheeks, actually. We actually, uh, back in the day, when my uh, puppy was, uh, you know, when he was just a young buck, and back when Mo was still coaching the Sixers, so you can tell how long ago this was. <laughs> my dog was bitten by Mo Cheeks' dog. No way. Yeah. 
and had to get like a shot because the dog was Mo Cheeks' dog almost killed my dog, but at the same time it was like Mo Cheeks, so like it was pretty chill. All right, and then <laughs> of course we've got the sixth man, my sixth man, maybe a little controversial. But that's okay. I'm going Doug Collins. Oh my god. Um. USA basketball legend, former first overall pick, and I believe it was 1976. You can fact check me on that. DM me on Instagram, Twitter, Google Plus. Let me know. <laughs> you really put Doug Collins. In. I. Uh, What's wrong with Doug Collins? He's just so average in he's, every sense of the word. He's a top 15 sixer all time. He's so average. He also had style when he coached. For the Sixers. He had that swag. He had drip, for sure. He also had a lot of losses. So did Brett Brown. You gonna hate on Brett Brown? No, because he's also... Are you hating on Brett Brown right now? No, I'm not, because he's got a lot of wins. I'm hating on Doug Collins pretty hard, though. What is... What is... uh, I think you could have put a lot uh, of different people in there besides Doug Collins. Brett Brown record. What's Brett Brown's record as a head coach? For the Sixers. I don't know, but it's probably better than Doug Collins. can't believe you put him in there. That's terrible. No, it is not. So, 107... Okay, so this is Brett Brown. In six seasons, 492 games, 178 wins, 314 losses. For a 36.2% winning percentage. How many seasons? Six. Okay. And now we put Doug Collins in. So the last the last two years is really when they they got it going, and that's when Brett Brown kind of just figured it out. But Doug Collins never figured it out. Doug Collins didn't have to figure it out. That wasn't his job. Right. Doug Collins' poor coaching helped us get these assets. Oh, so we're gonna? Oh, we're you're really gonna go there with that? Well, that's, I have to. No, no, forget it, forget it. This is no longer important. What's your Philly five? My Philly five. Give me your Philly so, five, Sam. Shockingly, I got AI right on the point. Dr. J. Yeah. Billy Cunningham. Billy Cunningham. Moses. Wilt. And then at the sixth man, I got Daryl Dawkins. Thoughts? Daryl Dawkins is definitely an underrated member of uh, Philadelphia Sixers history. I mean, the dude was just an absolute athletic freak. Absolutely. He was, he was unreal. He's criminally underrated in 2K as well. Oh, yeah. They've got him in like the 70s. And I'm like, have you seen this guy dunk on people? That's totally fair. It's ridiculous. We've had a good track record with guys named mm-hmm. Dawkins. What about, uh, I mean, yeah, dude, Billy Cunningham is also a great choice. Yeah, I didn't even I, think of Billy. I have an anecdote of my own about Billy Cunningham. Lay it on me, Sam. So, my dad's in high school. Ah, yes. Billy Cunningham is coaching the Philadelphia 76ers, who is actually the most successful coach in Philadelphia 76ers history. Write it down. He's an all-timer. Anyways, my dad's in high school at Haverford School, and he goes to prom with Billy Cunningham's daughter. No way. My dad shows up to the door of the Cunninghams. To Billy? To Billy. Oh, my goodness. Billy Cunningham opens the door. And he shows him to his daughter. He says, have a good time and be a gentleman. Be a gentleman is what he said? That is the advice that my father got from absolute legend Billy Cunningham. I think we're going to have to mark that down as like, that's a motto of the show. Be a gentleman, Billy Cunningham. And you know, I only found that out two weeks ago. Well, you know, dads have got to hold on to those stories. You know what I mean? They they, they can't drop them on their kids all at once because, you know, they got to extend the mystique as long as possible until, you know, you're out from under the roof. That's fair. You know, he's because he's got, I'm sure he's got dozens more that that he's just saving. He's saving. He's going to lay them on you. Yeah, I'm sure you're right. Time after time. That's what you got to do. He just peppers them in. Just peppers them in throughout (laughs) time. It's it's an age old uh, tradition, to be honest. Yeah, I'm sure we would all love to go and look back at our dad's lives and just marvel at the stories. <laughs> see, what exactly was, see exactly what the hell was going on. Yeah, exactly. Because I don't, I don't believe some of that stuff. <laughs> but Conway, I, I believe we actually have forgotten to do something now. What have we forgotten to do? We forgot the doghouse. Why would we bring that up? <laughs> we forgot. <laughs> the doghouse. Conway, who's in your doghouse? Who's in my doghouse? Well, I'm pretty furious right now. Uh, this has to do with the, the city's beloved Philly fanatic. 
totally fair. Totally, totally fair. Please so explain. Harrison and Erickson Incorporated is this marketing firm or something of the sort that teamed up with the Phillies owners in the 70s to help create the character that is the Philly fanatic. And, you know, he's probably the most iconic mascot in all of baseball. He is the most iconic mascot in all of I baseball. I mean, he, he's a, which is hilarious because what the hell is he? I'm pretty sure they stopped giving out the award for mascot of the year just because of the Philly fanatic was he, winning it every year. Because he, he was and truly is the best mascot. Actually, uh, a friend of mine in uh, like first grade, her dad was the Philly fanatic. Really? Yeah, back in the day. That's, that's pretty cool. Got to like meet like, like, I don't know, like that not like the '93 team, like that era. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. That's pretty sick, right? Like that, th- those are some real Phillies, man. That he was the fanatic for. Absolutely, <laughs> I, I think it's totally fair that you're putting Harrison and Erickson in the doghouse because they're trying to take for, them away. They're trying to take them they're away. They're trying to take the fanatic away from the Phillies and from the city of Philadelphia. They're trying to make him a free agent. What what kind of absolute nonsense is that? I'm absolutely heated about this. Just why do you have to take something that has meant so much to a city and just poo-poo on it? Why do you have to do that? Why do you have to piss in my cornflakes like that? (laughs) The, the, The fanatic is the one true thing that is pure. It, when it comes to Phillies baseball right now, and they've tainted it. It's, they've made it something that I don't want it to be. And I'm j- I just can't. I, it's unreconcilable. I haven't heard of this company before, but I'm going to boycott. I don't even know what it is they do. I don't care to know. They're on my S list. The, the Philly fanatic has been the only consistent thing with the Phillies. Especially this season. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I thought about just, just going to a game and just... Following around the Philly fanatic wherever I go, instead of just watching the game, I feel like that would be way more entertaining than with mm-hmm. that absolute crap show that's going on right now. Yeah, man. But in my doghouse, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go a little uh, plain here, and I'm gonna actually put John Middleton. John Middleton. Wow, we're just working our way up the Phillies ladder. Yeah, we really are. I mean, I think. It just it starts up at the top, man. It, he extended. I think that's the biggest thing. He extended Matt Clentak and he extended McPhail. Ugh. Unfortunately, I do have to say to the Red Devil alum, he's got to go. He's got to go. He's got to go. Him and Clentak. Him and Clentak just got to go. So, with that being said, John Middleton is in the doghouse for me today for extending Matt Clentak and Andy McPhail after. Two signings in mm-hmm. the summer, just simply, just simply not worth, just really not worth the time or the agita that we're going to be getting from these guys over the next three years. It's it's a little ridiculous to be honest with you. That it's a lot it's, ridiculous that, it, that it's being sanctioned. But you know, as hard as the Phillies are to talk about, you know, we've had a fantastic time today. Uh, this is going to do it for the episode. Want to say thank you to everyone who's tuning in. Follow us Instagram, Twitter, Wolves of Broad Street. Absolute banger of a show today. Uh, shout out Reed Street for the new, uh, the new and improved and only intro song for the show. And uh, take it away, Sam. Yeah, thanks for listening. Make sure you guys follow us on Instagram and Twitter and all that good stuff. We are now up on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and Podbean. We're Shit. legit. We are legit. Ow, ow! We are legit. Seamus G, close us down.